I'm your host, Travis Hayes. And before we get into today's episode, just a couple of things. One, if you have not yet, please leave a review for this podcast. It really helps us reach other people organically through iTunes and Spotify, um, Stitcher, any other podcast platforms through their algorithms. Uh, It just allows us to reach more people organically. Also, at the recording of this podcast, it is actually my birthday. I am the big 3-0 now. Um, sorry for anybody who listens who is over the age of 30, but I feel a little old. <laughs> uh, not to say that you're old, I just feel a little old. Uh, if you're in your 20s, enjoy while you can. I think I, I started having some knee issues today, and I, I think that's a an omen, um, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I'm excited. I've always thought that my 30s were going to be the best years um, of my life so far because I feel like when you are a teenager, you're really just a baby, <laughs> in my opinion. When you're in your 20s, you're still figuring yourself out. You're still developing. You're still figuring out your identity. And 30 is really kind of where you learn those mistakes and you start to grow really into the person who you will become for the rest of your life. And so I'm super excited for this stage of my life. And I hope that you guys will enjoy the stage in the life that you're in um, and embrace that where you are. And I think that's amazing. And now on to today's episode. We are on episode 25. Yes, that is a quarter of 100. I'm not sure if we will get there, but we are at least at episode 25. And we are starting a brand new series. Not sure how long it will go. Uh, We will take it week by week. And when it's done, it's done. But I am titling the series Lies We Believe About God. I feel like as we have grown up in the church or people who have, are new Christians, there are things that we have been told that, in my opinion, are lies. And I think that this is a great opportunity and platform to maybe expose some of those lies. And the first lie that I want to address is this God is good and I am not. Now, we have heard messages of degradation. If you have lived on this earth for more than a year, you probably have heard something along the lines of, you are not blank, or you are blank. So maybe you've heard that you are ugly, that you are dumb, that you are not smart, that you will never amount to anything, that you are a failure, that you are not strong enough, tall enough, skinny enough, whatever it is. We have all heard something, some lie within our life. And when we hear this enough, when we are told this lie enough, it turns into I am or I am not statements. So we start to tell ourselves, I am not beautiful. I am not strong. I am not smart. I am damaged goods. I am not good enough. And I believe that this is a harmful message. Not only is this not the gospel, but this is something that really attacks the core of who God tells us we are. And sadly, this leaks into how we view our relationship with God. And what I mean by that is when we believe these things, when we believe these degradation things that we are not good, that we are bad or evil, then we believe that we are inherently bad. 
This makes us out to be dirty, unclean people that are unable to approach God. And I, for one, think that that's just a lie. And some will take this thought and they will learn to combat it. They will learn to go against it with some sort of performance to cover up our badness. Maybe they will go to church more. Maybe they will try to do more good deeds, try to tip the scales one way or the other. And this goes kind of back to last week of performance moralism, where we try to do better things to outweigh the bad. And when we look at this, when we look at this idea that God is good and we are not, believe me when I say I'm I'm not disputing the idea that God is good, because God is absolutely good. He He is perfect love. What I'm disputing is that we are inherently bad and that we are inherently evil. And so when we look at this lie, how does it stand up to what scripture tells us? Well, we will find out right after a word from our sponsor. And we're back. All right. We are diving into this lie that basically we are inherently at our core, evil, bad, dirty, unclean, whatever word you want to use. And what I am here to tell you is that we have inherited value and worth that is not dependent upon us, but is dependent on God. And to prove this, I want to look at three statements that scripture uses to help solidify who we are and our value. And the first one, we've, I feel like we've gone to almost every week for the past month, but it's Genesis 1, and it says that God made human beings and declared it to be very good. He did not say that it was a mistake. He did not say that it was bad. He said that it was very good. We go into the New Testament in John 1, 3. It says that all things were created through him, through Christ. And apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. So my question is, does anything not good originate in Christ? Now, some will dismiss this saying that, well, evil exists. So did God create this? And my really simple, basic answer is no, no, God did not create evil. God did not create the Satan. God did not create the adversary. We created evil. We created violence with our own hands and with our own power of creation. We made evil manifest itself within our world. And so everything that is good is created from Christ and we were created through him later on in John Jesus is confronted with a woman caught in adultery no matter the the man that was not brought (laughs) before the trial but a woman is caught in adultery and Jesus 
he, he tells the accusers that if any of them have no sin, they can cast the first stone. They can be the first ones to try to kill this woman. But when they all walk away, because they know they've been defeated, John 10, 8 says, When Jesus stood up, he said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, Lord, she answered. Then neither do I condemn you, said Jesus. Go, and from now on, do not sin anymore. Jesus, in this moment, had every opportunity to condemn someone who was blatantly caught, who was outright guilty of doing something against the law. But instead of coming down hard on her, instead of showing her retributive justice, instead of an eye for an eye, he shows mercy. He shows grace. He doesn't declare her unclean or bad or unworthy. He showers her with love and grace. And so you may be wondering, why does this matter? Why, why does it matter if we believe or don't believe in this lie that we are inherently bad? Well, I think, I, I think the answer is twofold. And the first one is this perpetuates a message against oneself. I mean, think of the psychological damage that can be done to an individual when they are constantly told that they are not good, that they are not worthy, that they are unclean, damaged goods. And unfortunately, this message is, is and has been preached from pulpits all across America. And it keeps individuals under the strong thumb of legalism and performance-based moralism. The second reason that this matters is because if we're not careful, we will project this thought onto God. And we will start to believe that we deserve this divine wrath and punishment out of this total depravity. And I, for one, just can't buy into worshiping a God like that. And the, the, the divine judgment texts that we find in Hebrew scriptures are made out to be justified when, when entire nations are slaughtered, women, children. We can justify it if we believe this lie because, well, we can say all people are wretched sinners and they just got what they deserved. Really? That's not the God of love. That's not the God that I can worship. I mean, think about it. Think of if we were to put this in real world examples of real actual parents who would portray this message. What would we think? What would we think of them? What would we think of a father who looks at his child and says, you are terrible. You are bad. You totally depraved individual. You can't even be in my presence. May God have mercy on your soul we would deem that individual a terrible parent. So why do we think it's okay with God, who is supposed to be our perfect, loving Abba? Those are the results of this lie that we continue to believe. And now look, am I saying that we do not sin and we are all amazing, wonderful, happy people? No. Am I saying that there are not people who do absolutely horrendous evil things in the world. No, I'm not naive. 
But if you look at last week, we talked about sin being a distortion of our real selves. And that's what it is. Sin takes us away from our true being who was made in Christ and made very good. It's like we have the scales on our eyes as Paul once did. But this does not mean that we are bad at our core. We are blind, not bad. We cannot see who our identity lies in. We cannot see who calls us home because we do not know, we cannot hear. Ephesians 2.10, and I'll leave you with this, says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. And that is his calling on us. He wants us to step into this good work. He wants us to recognize who we really are, not listen to the lies of our own deception or to the lies of culture or to the lies of the accuser. He knows that we were made very good and wants us to be able to see that beautiful portrait within our own hearts. And that is the truth. And with that, may his spirit, love, and shalom be in and with you, my friends. Until next time.